Boy, this is Jesus in gym shoes. Boy, this is Jesus in gym shoes. You see my display name here? I do see your display name, yes. The Whitney Mittens. I mean... The, you got to drag it out. The. The Whitney Mittens. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you could have just put your IG name in there. Alexa, stop. I thought you about just, it. <laughs> you could have put your Instagram name, a coordinated mom. You know, that. I'll put that in the in the title. I'm glad that you uh, adjusted yourself so that way you could, you know, look good on camera. Okay, now we're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're one not my, gonna start off like that. One of my friends is very, very upset with me that uh, she was videotaped and she had her eyebrows on. Yeah, that's a violation. But she knew she was being videotaped. Like she knew it was like. She knew it. I made her aware. But like it was probably too late. I mean, just like you reschedule consistently. Uh because I'm glad you edit. I'm glad you edit because you ain't gotta tell all these people my business. <laughs> I'll keep this in there. <laughs> what if this was live? <laughs> it can be. I can stream no, it out. That's not right. That's not right. I don't want to be that guinea pig. Why not? Who I'm you you're in the show. Everyone can see and hear you. <laughs> you are. You're in the show. You are the show. It's everyone. Everybody, you are the show. Speaking of parents, and where are them? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. He oh. is sleep. Mm. Praise be to God who gives us the victory and then causes us to triumph. Amen. Yep, he is asleep, very much asleep, and for the time being. For the time being, so don't say his name too loud, because he will, he will bark, um, and he'll let you know that he is, that he's here in the midst. In the midst. You I know. put my little wig on today at work. Do you know the number of white people that didn't speak to me? This is a blessing. I'm going to do this more often. You got to change wigs so that way they know. They just going to keep not knowing it's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the more you change your hair, that's the more they going to know it. It's not true. I'm a, I learned today that someone was real nosy because they literally came in to figure out who it was in there. <laughs> yep. Not realizing that like you are you are your hair to them. You are not a face. <laughs> that's not what India Ari said. She's saying I am not my. Oh, so I am not an India Ari stand. So yeah, you knew that song. Mm. It was a hit. Don't do that. And it had a remix. Way kind hit, of it. Hit is debatable. Okay. Hit is debatable. Um, a lot of people knew it. Yes. Um, a lot of people knew it. Let me ask the internet if she wants something for that. I don't think she got a Grammy or nothing. I don't know if she has any. She probably has a couple. It'd be wild if she didn't. Um, Alicia, you got to remember she also came out when Alicia Keys was winning everything. So there's that. Why did Google, one of the first things that came up said NDRE, Grammy Snub. Oh, dear. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. He has some things. She she won a couple of things. <laughs> She got hella nominations, but she did win a few things. Um, I'm not a fan of hers ever since I went to that Stevie Wonder concert and she kept changing clothes. (laughs) 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 I don't know, but it just made me uncomfortable. Like was I there? I don't know. Were we was it in Chicago? Yeah, it was at the United Center. Yes, I was there. Okay. You saw she kept changing clothes. Yes. But they okay, that's what they do. But it ain't her show. Well, it's not gonna bother Stevie. He don't know. You're rude. <laughs> now hold on now. I I don't mean You're nothing rude. about that. Because the um, way I feel about Stevie, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Uh, <clears throat> I am a stand, a big stand, a forever stand. I don't even think Stevie Wonder going to die. He's going to uh, leave us like 
Enoch did in the Bible. That's it. I tell my mama that all the time. I say he's gonna be translated up. I, I say that. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes. to another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. I have uh, a homie of mine, Whitney Mittens. The Whitney Mittens, for some reason, um, aka a coordinated mom. Uh, explain what a coordinated mom is. So, um, what it basically means is when it comes to, to my approach on parenthood, it's very intentional. Like, I'm, I'm, I go out of my way to um, I coordinate our playtime, I coordinate our outfits, I coordinate my just, you know, a long time. So I'm really intentional about the way I parent. It's something that I um, put together. And if you look up, like the word coordinated means to bring things into harmony. So that's really what I try to do. Like I try to bring all aspects of my life, including parenting, into just, you know, a nice harmonious flow. Opposite word is I try. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a whole... um, a whole thing most of the time. I just be making it up as I go along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the outfits be looking good though. And so, you know. They do. <laughs> so, Whitney and her daughter are similar sizes and they match each other. Oh my God. Her daughter is, uh, her daughter's two, right? Uh, Indigo is two. Why would you say that? Oh. <laughs> uh, People are listening to this. You know? They're watching this. They're gonna watch it on YouTube. It's gonna be on YouTube. Are you gonna shame me in front of all these people? I'm not shaming you. I'm, I'm I'm I think I think Indigo is a beautiful child. Oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> she's, she's tiny. I'm a, I'm small for an adult, but she is a child. <laughs> we don't wear similar sizes. I wear grown up sizes, and she wears a two T. If y'all want to buy her something, um, it's a two. But she don't have to buy for both, right? You got to go same. I can tell y'all some websites if you need to know where to buy them at. Oh God, uh, we gonna get to that. <laughs> we gonna get to that. Uh, Whitney, what's your favorite pair of gym shoes? I knew this was coming. <laughs> It, I ask everybody. You, you. I listen. knew. I knew this was coming, and so I'm gonna give the answer that so many others have gave. I'm a follower of this program. Okay, I don't wear gym shoes like that. I don't, and so I don't want y'all out there judging me when my nobody's gonna pair, judge you. Nobody's my favorite pair you. ain't one of the pop-in shoes. So it don't matter. Let me. So the the my favorite shoe for Indigo <laughs> because that matters is um I like her in phone posits because all of they have a ton of different colors and arrays and fun things you know it's fun to do that with the kids and my sister is actually the sneakerhead of the family and she purchases them and so that has just been really great for us um she has a ton of those and they actually hold up well to a toddler like all their running and jumping and whatnot they're doing they are a sturdy shoe so that works now for me don't judge me out there one of my favorite gym shoes is hirachis Okay. Because I have a narrow foot, they they run smaller is what people tell me. I don't wear a ton of gym shoes, but they run smaller. Um, and they come in lots of fun colors and things, too. They're pretty comfy. And that's that on that. <laughs> I have recently acquired Indigo and myself a pair of Jordan 12s. Okay. Yes. Um, oh. I didn't know what they were. Somebody asked me. I had to look at the box. I think it was you. I was like, I bought some gym shoes. And you're like, what are they? I was like, they black. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, and we enjoy those as well. Mm -hmm. What's one of the things you want Indigo to remember about you? (laughs) (laughs) What was that that came to mind that made you laugh? Oh, my goodness. See, I'm an honest person, and it doesn't do well in forums like this. I want to remember, like, my mama was fine. Like, that's what I want to remember. Oh God, that's hilarious. You know, them people be like, my mom was gorgeous. Like, I want to be one of them kids. Yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. I'm like, my mom, when I look at pictures of her when she was younger, I'm like, oh my God, like you were like drop dead gorgeous. Like, wow, like my mom was really, 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 really pretty. I mean, it still is. So I would I want my I want my daughter to be like, my mom was like so beautiful. 
or is. But yes, I want her to remember that. And also, I want her to remember that um, that I was a real person. Mm-hmm. I want her to remember me being a real person. I don't want her to look back and be like, yeah, I had one of those parents who tries to be perfect or wouldn't tell me the real, the longer shorts of things. Like they they didn't tell me like all of their trials and tribulations. I want her to be like, no, nah, my mama told me her mistakes and her, you know what I'm saying, mess ups. Like she was, she was honest with me. So I want her to remember me not just as a mom figure, but like as an actual human being. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, people are like my parent was like my mom was like my superhero. Like, yeah, you want to be that, but you want your kids to know like I'm not superhuman. I'm an actual human. Like, if you cut me, I will bleed. Um, I get upset. I get frustrated. I want her to know that so that when she is, when she has her moments, like she's like, oh, this is okay. I'm just this is a human moment. Like, my yeah. God, yes, mama, you know, <laughs> cry. Yeah. I can cry too. That makes sense. But I think a lot of times we don't get to see that from our parents right we don't get to see them as human mm-hmm. um i didn't get to see that until i was a lot older i don't think i still saw it. i think i just came to the realization that my parents were human mm-hmm. but i never like saw my parents well i saw my dad i saw my dad like be human when his maternal grandmother passed away mm-hmm. like the woman that raised him like i saw my dad full-on break down mm-hmm. i had to be a comforter in that situation and it took it was so shocking when it happened but i wasn't able to see him as human now my mama i don't i don't think i've ever like seen a human i don't know if my mama is human you need to have her on the show <laughs> your first question Hell yeah, like, Ma, are you human? First, before we get going, what's your favorite gym shoe? Are you human? <laughs> but no, that's that's a real thing. I think, like you said, though, people come into the realization that their parents are human when they get older. And I think, sadly enough, a lot of times that comes on the other end of resentment. People be in therapy, talking about what all their parents did, and they be like, oh, but you know, they're, they're just... It's they're a just therapy. Figure it out. It's, it's like... Moving. And then you you come, you like 23 somewhere crying on somebody's couch when you just finally forgiving people for being human. It's like, had you, had I caught that realization earlier? Um, but I think our parents do try to, especially the generation, our parents are probably close in age, the generation they came from, it was very much the, um, I'm one of your little friends, I'm not your equal. Like they very much had this whole, I have a different stature than you and I have to present that way. Mm-hmm. Don't question me. So it's hard to see somebody as human when they don't present themselves as, as human. human. Like sure. they're a lightweight deity. Like, I'm your mom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your choice, man. <laughs> yeah, they don't like guide you through life as... Yeah, I think you put, hit the nail on the head. Nobody's ever like said it like that. Nobody's... They most definitely guide as a deity as opposed to a parent. But I don't know if there's a... Is there a separation between the two? Um, this now my philosophy. I'm gonna be honest. I think it's a little, it's a little different. I'm still trying to figure it out, right? I might look up and she be ten in a nightmare, and I'm like, oh, that was not it. But what I think, <laughs> I think my dad was very, very big on like, I'm not your friend. And when my daughter was an infant, I always called her my baby friend. And I think when people think like I can't be friends with my kids, it's because our parents did not have a way to really articulate boundaries in the mm-hmm. way that our generation does. Mm-hmm. Because you can be somebody's friend without meaning. You can tell me inappropriate jokes or you're going to cuss in front of me like you have different boundaries for different friends. So you can be a friend to your child, but not in the same way they're a friend with somebody their age. Yeah. And so I think parents don't realize Oprah says <laughs> Oprah says something I thought was really, really cool. Because being I'm going to tell you what's trippy for me about parenting. Mm-hmm. I'm parenting my daughter and I'm a single mom and I feel like my mother is trying to parent me in parenting my daughter but she's also like co-parenting with me like people don't talk about that people don't talk about co-parenting with your parent mm-hmm. they talk about how great it is to have the grandparents involved they don't want to talk about how them grandparents be trying to tell you why the baby i mean we joke about why the baby ain't got no coat on ain't got no t-shirt but they legit be trying to undermine <laughs> like your parents in, but back to what oprah said she was like there comes a point in your parenthood when your children get older and older and older where you become less of a manager and more of a consultant 
And so my mom ain't really caught on to like, you a consultant, sis. I'm supposed to come ask <laughs> you're not managing me. I don't work here no more. <laughs> yeah, 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 that makes sense. So so when you first um what were your first thoughts prior to Indigo? Like your first, like you find out you're a mom, like do the what were your first thoughts about motherhood? You mean like when I found out I was pregnant or when she got here? Either or. I was terrified. Okay. And some days I still am. I was terrified. Um, and that's why I'm really intentional about it. Like, this is a whole human being <laughs> that, that you are responsible for to a great extent. And the scariest part is all the things that you can't control. Yeah. And so having... Um, like you, you realize you're pregnant. You never, I, I was, I'd never been pregnant before. I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have the personality where I get to read and everything. Like the more educated I can be, the more I can know about something, the more in control I feel. Mm-hmm. But child, don't, don't be a black pregnant woman and get to reading the stats. They're going to tell you about to die, have yep. hypertension. The doctors want to kill you. Ain't nobody going to listen to you. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. So I was literally terrified. And so I started, and this is just even just the way I am in life. If something scares me, I try to learn everything I can learn about it and control everything I can. I must have started changing my diet. I don't even work out like that. I went and got a trainer. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do everything I could. And I, I learned that um, people talk about postpartum depression a lot or people being depressed while they're pregnant. They don't talk about the anxiety. Yeah. And that's knocked me upside my head. I was super anxious, pregnant person because I was trying to control a lot of things that at the end of the day I had to resolve with the fact that they were out of my control. What were your thoughts about motherhood prior? I've always wanted to be a mother. I've always felt like it is the most um, influential and important thing I could ever do. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to be a mother. I always wanted a daughter. Um, I wanted to be very well prepared and I wasn't that but like this motherhood I always thought was like a super high honor like you get to be somebody's mama like God trusted you with a little person like it's it's a privilege yeah yeah do they line up with now those thoughts Child, I don't know what's going on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it honor? Is this a punishment? Am I in trouble? What did I do? <laughs> no, I mean, oh, I'm taking it one coordinated God. day at a time. Um, one coordinated day at a time. One coordinated day at a time. And I've also started tapping in with more moms. And so I start looking at women who don't want children, women who want children and can't have them. And I'm like, well, do I really feel like, oh, you know, if, if God has given, you know, has privileged me or honored me with this, are there people that he's saying like, no, you don't get that honor? Like, is that how is that how that works for people who mm-hmm. want children and don't have them? So I don't even know that I look at it so much that way anymore. But I do realize that now that I'm in this seat, um, you have to I take it seriously. So now I'm like, this is something that I have to be serious about and I have to be intentional and go out of my way to do it well, but temper that with if. The fact that um, that's a whole person. She's not a mini me. We might dress like she's not a mini me. Mm-hmm. Now, now listen. Now I know it's people who who tune into this that you know be exegeting the scriptures and all that. So y'all get me together later in the comments. But one of the things that I think about is um, somewhere in Jeremiah, I think it says, "Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of parent from that aspect of she was somebody before she came to me. Yeah. Like she is somebody. It's for me to learn who she is. Like, yes, God and mold your children, but they're already who they're supposed to be. And so if I do this right, I will bring more of that out of her and not kill that. Because I think that happens to a lot of people. People, we get grown and realize your personality ain't even your personality. Yeah, your your people kind of like mold you into, they kind of live through you. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a pastor that I was listening to. uh, I think it was Dr. Matthew Stevenson. He was just like, you know, a lot of times you grow up and people force things on you and you realize that you're living out the dream that somebody else couldn't achieve. Mm. Not they couldn't achieve. So they lit. So they push yeah. it on you. 
right? They pushing it on you because they couldn't they couldn't achieve it, uh, or they didn't achieve it, right? For whatever reason, like, oh yeah, you're gonna be a doctor because mm-hmm. I want to be a doctor, but I because but I had you, so I couldn't do that, right? And it's like, I mean, I want to be a doctor. I want to like be a comedian. Or I think parents feel like some parents think they have a certain amount of control that they don't. They're like, I can do all of these things to make sure this happens for my child or this doesn't happen. My mom was a single mom and she did everything to line up her daughters not being single mothers. Yet here we are. Right. It's like (laughs) this this was not your fault. Like there was nothing more you could have done. You know what I mean? The cards. Because there's a lot of things that you can't control. You can't control the other person your your child ends up parenting with. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, people don't become single on their own. Well, I mean, that's debatable, but it takes two people for that to to happen. So I think. um, Yeah. So you think what? I'm sorry. I think. I think it's important for us to really let go of that control and say, like, my child is a person like I had. That's one thing I had to tell myself because I got into this thing where I was like, I got to get her off the pacifier. I got to get her potty trained. So we're in the middle of potty training right now. And tell me, I was like, I got to teach her to tie her shoes. And I literally told myself, like, she is a person and not a project. Like, she is not a she's not something that you constantly need to be doing something new with. Like, she was a person before I knew her, before she was formed to me. God already knew who she was. Like, this temperament she got, this ain't because of me. Y'all do not blame me when you meet her. That's not my fault. When she climbing on stuff, that ain't my fault. Like that's God knew she was gonna climb on stuff. That she was climbing on stuff before she was formed. So just letting go of that control and trying to create an outcome for them. Now, yes, you're responsible for a lot of the things that happen to them, but there's your your responsibility and just your ability to control of it. It, it stops at a certain point. Is that one of the things you learned about motherhood? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's I learned how much control I don't have. Okay. <laughs> no, I did. I did, and to be okay with that, mm-hmm. and to be um, and to be okay with that, and that everything's not going to look the way you thought it would, and that's still okay. Yeah, it's it's still okay. I, one big thing I would tell any parent is: do not measure your your child against other people's children or just other, against other children in general. Because if you look at other kids' milestones, like why my baby ain't walking yet, you gonna be forever thinking they're behind and then they're going to start thinking they're behind. Yeah. One thing that I saw or not one thing I saw, one thing I learned from, Oh my God, who was it? I was actually watching something yesterday and he said that his mom did a good job of telling him that you can do this. He was like, who told you that you couldn't do this? Mm-hmm. Or who told you that you couldn't do something? Oh my God, I am blanking. But he was just like, somebody said that he couldn't do something to him. And his mom was just like, yeah, you can. Cause he was just like, black people don't um, do this particular thing. And she's like, you can do, yes, you can. <laughs> you can do that. Like, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Like she did a good job of reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. That is gonna haunt me until <laughs> I figure out. As soon as you end recording, you gonna know. It's gonna. As soon as I hit end, it's gonna. Oh my god! And I don't even know if it was on YouTube or if it was on, like what it was on, like what interview it was. But it, I know it was somebody that was like raised in the south. You got to do that, though. You have to affirm your kids and constantly speak, especially little black kids, because it's a number of things telling them what they can't. That's one thing I had to I remember about my mom. She had her values, and so she was really good at instilling certain values in us. But I think in the same time, I don't think like when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to a whole lot of others. (laughs) And so my mom, she was big on. Um not wasting your time, if you will. Mm-hmm. But like children don't have a concept of time. So she'd be the kind of person who would be like, yeah, you're not good at basketball. Like you don't need to try out. Like you did that last <laughs> Like she would be on there with you. Like she didn't want her kids to be arrogant. She didn't want them to be vain. So she didn't like tell us that we couldn't do things or we weren't good at things. But she'd be like, I think you need to spend your time <laughs> doing something that doing you some, something else. But what I wish she, I wish she wouldn't have done that because I wish she would have let us like just enjoy things. Like they're kids. You don't have to be good at basketball to play when you're a kid. Just play. 
you never you know. Now, if you get, you know what I'm saying, 23 and you still got hoop dreams and ain't there for you, life in the world going to tell you that this ain't your path. I was watching. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I was watching. I love Family of Fiance. On, 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 I think it's on own. I love Family of Fiance. And so it was this family that was on there. And the guy was the, the mother or the, the woman's side of the family, the, the bride's side of the family. They were Armenian, I think. And so mm-hmm. the man or the groom side of the family was black. And so the groom didn't have no concept of like what he wanted to do in life. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to play football. <laughs> and as a, as a Negro who like played football and like collegiately and like, know that like, if you was going to be playing football the rest of your life, like you would be playing football. <laughs> Like, you wouldn't be on, like, family or fiancé. Or, like, you'd be, like, taking steps to play football. How old was this young man? This young man was probably 25, 26. Oh, yeah, baby. I was like, but you also can't yuck nobody's jump, right? You also can't be like, eh. But I did think that, like, this is probably the only time that I'll probably think that, you know, Somebody's not necessarily give up their dreams, but like they should probably, you know, you want to get married. I, I have my own beliefs on like, you want to get married. There are certain things that you need to do as a man to, you know, kind of get yourself ready. Um, But his dad was right along with him. His dad was like, yeah. They was like, yeah, what's your son going to do? He was like, my son going to play football. And I'm like, are we missing some context? Was the man what is going on here? Did the man have some some trials lined up? Was it was it something happening? I have no know? idea. That's all he said. He was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna play football. That's what I'm gonna be doing." They asked me, "Did he like with him?" The five year plan. It wasn't no like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this for me to play football." But I'm just like, "Bro, you did you finish college? Like, what happened?" But yeah, it was. So I, I I digress, but I was saying saying to say that uh sometimes you gotta uh you gotta reel it in at a certain time. <laughs> and him being of a big age, he needed to like reel it in, especially if him if you know, with him thinking that he was gonna marry somebody, you know, who required a certain lifestyle, if that makes sense. My mama been reeling since we was little. She was just like, listen, what you're going to do is you're going to go to church. <laughs> you're going to do something up in here. Now, either you're going to be in the children's choir. You're going to be on this praise dance team. You're going to do either you're going to usher. You're going to do something. You're going to mm-hmm. give me your gifts and talents. So that's the way your mom showed love to you, right? My mom, um, my mother showed love to us by being, I will say this. Her kids were her life. That was very clear. We were first and foremost, point blank in the period. Like my mom, I, I, there's no reason, there's no logical reason for me to not be a dedicated parent because that was the example that I had. Like so how do you we show love everything. to Indigo? So how do you show love to Indigo? So I do that. I'm a dedicated parent, but not in the same way that my mother is because I think what my mother did was she sacrificed herself for us. And I don't know that that was the best thing. So I, I work really hard on finding that balance. She's just about to be three and I'm just now, you know, getting there. But I really show love to her by trying to learn her, by trying to know her and just um, being intentional about giving her what, what it is that I believe she needs or what she shows me that she needs. Like I try to, in the same way, like, you know how people have love languages. Like I try to love her the way she needs to be loved. Mm-hmm. He likes attention. So I give her that. Like I've always thought it was so absurd. And they're like, oh, they just want attention. Don't pay them no attention. What? <laughs> no, no, not how that makes sense. That's why I were knocking your bookshelf over. Because you could have just gave them some attention, which is what they wanted because they're children. And they probably wouldn't be tearing tearing your house up. And like indigo, you know, indigo likes attention, like you said. She does. If she was here right now, we could not conduct this interview. We could not do this podcast. She'll be in here, she'd be like, hi, hi. And then she'd be saying hi to me. She'd see my picture and she'd be like, hi, mom. Hi, mom. She would be singing in the background. She'd be asking me, am I done? When she hears my voice talking to other people, she comes and gets and gets and gets in the mix. So I so I go out um, with her all the time. But I've also learned 
and spending time with her to still do things I enjoy. Like, I like art. So we going to the museum <laughs> like this. I took her to see the Obama portraits. Why? Because I wanted to see the Obama portraits. Mm -hmm. So uh, come on downtown. Now we going to stop in Millennium Park, you know, down the way. We can go over to Maggie Daly, you know, hit a slide. But I'm still going to do the things that I like to do. And I incorporate her when I can. But I also make sure I'm very intentional about having time to do the kid things that kids um, the kids like to do. Like, for example, I like to dress up with her, but I don't put on stuff that I'll be just throw a fit if she got dirty. Like, let them kids mm -hmm. live. That makes sense. People be putting kids in, in outfits better than mine and then be mad when they having a good time. And I'm like, that's what they supposed to do. Why would you bring them to that birthday party <laughs> in this whole Dior outfit and don't want them to get nothing on their shirt? You knew it was a pizza party when you read that invitation. You knew it was a pizza party when you threw the party. I'm getting ready to play her birthday party. Her party's in January and she likes to paint. So yeah. we're having like a paint and sippy cup, you know, if you will. Yeah, okay. And so the yeah, invitation yeah. is going to say, I found this off Pinterest. It's not my idea, but it's a dress for a mess. I'm letting these parents know, baby, it's going to be paint. <laughs> we yep. putting down a tar. Get you some $3 pans. Get them Garanimals and come on with it. Now, don't mm -hmm. don't be hollering. I'm going to get them a smock. Everybody going to have them a little, you know, you dig. But don't don't come in my face about they got paint on their sleeve. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you you should have known. You were not, You were warned ahead of time. How are you keeping yourself in shape to be a good parent? What kind of shape is? It's up to you. You talking about physical shape? Because God has just blessed me. <laughs> you know, I don't do much. Oh my God! <laughs> one of God's favorites. <laughs> How are you keeping yourself in shape? That's you know physical shape, physical shape, emotional shape. I go to therapy. Okay. I go to therapy. I go down okay. to the therapist. Um, I try to go weekly, but she be having clients and other people. I don't know what the hell wrong with everybody else that they on her on her line. She didn't got me on every other week. <laughs> I feel a way about it. I've been living on the edge, y'all. So oh don't try me till next Tuesday because it might oh be a my thing. God. My but therapist, <laughs> my therapist tried to uh, send me down a once monthly. I was like, boy, if you don't get your bitch. okay. Try it if you want to. See me on the Boy, you get your big. You're going to come back next month and I had no job. <laughs> no, you hear me? Uh, but no, he's uh, hmm. So you go to therapy. I do. I go to therapy. And I actually start, I had never consistently gone to therapy up until I became a parent because I, um, I had postpartum depression. And mm. when I tell you I was in denial about it for so long. Mm -hmm. I was in denial for so long and it was weird because it manifested itself in me being like trying to be like super mom. So no one, well, not no one, because some people were, but from the outside looking in, if you didn't know me, know me, you wouldn't have picked up that anything was wrong. You would have been like, oh my gosh, she's such a dedicated parent. Like she is going to the farmer's market and buying organic food to puree her baby, all the baby food because she doesn't want it her to have anything out of the jar it's like babe that was that was depression and anxiety like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, so that's how is that that's how your depression formed by you trying to yes so like i was really i was really um intent on breastfeeding for a lot of reasons but it was really hard so i was it was just me and her i lived two hours away from all of my family i was working full-time she was in daycare and um i'm already a petite person but at one point in time because you're really supposed to up, you know what I'm saying, your calorie, caloric intake and all that when you're breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was not doing any of that. I was probably eating less and still trying to feed this other person. I was, when I realized like I was really in a bad place, I was down to like 96 pounds. Sheesh. She was sick. And that's another thing. Babies and their moms or their parents, they trade colds back and forth. Like when they start going to daycare, you picking up the daycare germs because you getting your immunity. Now I'm getting sick because you getting sick. So it's this thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I went to a doctor because we were both sick. Took her to her pediatrician appointment, dropped her off at daycare. I went to the doctor and I said, you know, they start with you getting on the scale. And they, you know, recording, they're like, okay, 96 pounds, you want to step over here? And I was like, I'm sorry, wait, man, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we not going to fly past that. And that's when I was like, you're not okay. And I think I had to physically see it to be like, you're not okay. And it may sound dramatic, but I was literally telling myself, like, you're going to kill yourself. Like, you're going to die if you continue on 
this role that you're on. Like you need help. You cannot do it by yourself. You need to stop trying like you're drowning. And so that's when I found a postpartum um, therapist. So that was what she specialized in. Mm-hmm. And so I started there. Now I have a regular, 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 you know, black woman therapist. But I started there and started unpacking um, some things there. I moved back to my hometown. So I found a you know a job in the same field in higher ed back in my hometown. Got closer to family, so I had more support. I wasn't doing everything by myself on my own. But that's another way I kind of keep in shape, taking those breaks. Like, I'm not great at it. I still don't take nearly as many as I need to. But you cannot be with your child 24-7. Like, it's not, it's not okay. It's not, it don't work. You're not going to be good for you, and you're not going to be good for them. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that... um a lot of parents don't actually realize that. Um, I'm not a parent, but like, you know, my, my mom. And the was, fact that you think that is why Harlem is dealing with what he's dealing with now. The fact that I can't be around him all the time? No, the fact that you think you're not a parent. Poor baby. I mean, like, as in an actual, like. No, nah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I ain't made no kids yet. I bought him. <laughs> People buy kids. <laughs> They do buy kids. I'm not Angelina, bro. Like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, Angelina, if you listen to this, um, send it to some of your rich friends. Tell them to pay me. Uh, <laughs> not a shameless plug <laughs> to Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Tell Brad to put me in a movie. I probably could act. Just Are they on good terms? I mean, she probably could still controls him. You know how it goes. What was you saying? Because you... I don't remember. I don't remember. Now the ADHD kicking in, because I can tell you. No, you were saying um, that more parents don't realize they need a break, and you said I'm not a oh, parent. Yeah, yeah. But... Oh, yeah, that's what I was going. That's where I was going. Thank you for that. You're so great. Um, I don't think a lot of parents realize that they need a break. Um, and so I think that's why I wanted to do this to talk about just some of the things that parents do um or for parents to hear other parents and be like yo you you going through some stuff that like mm-hmm. i went through or that i may be going through and like yo there's hope at the end of the tunnel at the end of the tunnel like we overcome by the words of our testimony right and i think mm-hmm. that the life skill here is that like postpartum depression is real or that like children are real people and like yeah your kid may be totally different from you and that's okay Mm -hmm. I will say that I think I can speak for moms I've never been a dad and I I can't but moms (laughs) I think a lot of mothers realize they need the break but they if you don't have the right some mothers don't even want to say it Mm -hmm. Some others don't want to say it because some people around them may not be kind to them being like, like, (laughs) you need a break. Like it was like a Facebook like meme or something circulating just recently. It was like growing up. I never not once heard my mama say she needed a break from us. And I was like, first off, because she wasn't going to say that to you. But I'm sure she said it to other people. Secondly, you was probably with your grandma all the damn time. And that's that's the break. But like, I think some people know they need it, but they don't know how to ask for it. They don't know who's who ask. And I will say it's hard out here trying to keep your kids safe and people mm-hmm. be having a very limited, you know what I'm saying? Select group of people that they can leave their child with to have that moment. Like you, cause it's, you carry that with you when you make one wrong move or one mistake and something happens to your child. And you're like, had I not left them over there or had I come back an hour earlier, no one wants to kind of to deal with, with what happens when you're not around. So I think a lot of people, they know they need the break. They may not be in a place where they know how to articulate it or feel comfortable articulating it or have people who are going to step in and say, I'm here. And that's when people be like, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to support a parent too. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't just, and that's why I'm grateful. I have a really strong support system. If they listen to this, they're going to be like, but, but sis, you still ain't dropped her off. But I can give you a number of friends who are like, let me, and they not just saying that they mean it. One of my homegirls literally sent me a screenshot and she was like, this where you going. But you got to. And it was funny. She was like, this where you going. And it was a massage place, but it's like a water massage. She was like, I just wanted to tell you ahead of time. So you don't wear your wig. I'm like, you, you tried it. She was like, here's the massage. It's like a shower it's with water. She was like, I want you to drop in to go off. I'm going to set this up for you and I want you to go. 
And that's they good. Came, that came on the end of them seeing, because when I was away, when I was in Bloomington, no one saw me. I came home every weekend, like to my mother's house, but they didn't know how bad it was. So mm. when I'm like, man, why y'all ain't reach out? Why ain't help me? A couple people did say something like, what you need to break? Like, are you good? But it took them to see me in person and be like, okay, so you're wasting away. You look crazy. Um, <laughs> you sound crazy and we're going to help you. So I did have people who would come and be like, I actually have a really good friend down in Bloomington who reached out to me and it was her approach because I was still in a place where I'm like, this is my child. I have to take care of her. I have to do it. It's my responsibility. I laid down. I had a baby. And, you know, you hear those messages. I'm like, it's me. And I think she understood that. And she was like, hey, if you allow me, I would like to come over and I'd like to, you know, give you a break. And what she asked me, because she do was like, can I help you clean up? Can I help you? It wasn't. Can I take the baby? Because I know a mom who told me this. She was like, when people tell me that they want to give me a break when I have an infant, I actually don't want a break for my baby. I'm just not bonding. They're new. I'm trying to spend time with them. I want a break from washing all these bottle parts. I want a break from sorting through all these laundry and mashing up these tiny socks. I want a break from, and I don't think people realize, like, rest and self-care is different for everybody. So if you want to help a parent, like, you need to ask them how they need to be helped. What they need for rest might be staying the hell at home. They just might need you to come get them kids up out of there. They might not want to go out for wine. They may not want to go get their nails done. They might want to sit at home and watch their favorite show without somebody asking them for juice. <laughs> they might just want to sit on the toilet. That too. <laughs> I stay having somebody in the bathroom with me. I'm like, come on now. She be sitting on her little potty on the iPad while I'm taking a whole shower. Key, key, key into Coco Melon. I don't want to hear that. Coco Melon. I like Coco Melon. It's so cute. Coco Melon, we can tell. Them songs are terrible. <laughs> We're on the bus. It don't even be rhyming. They just be saying anything. Hey, don't say that because it's going on YouTube. G. I ain't trying to get flagged. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it's going but, on no, but this is the thing. Kids pick up on stuff like that. So Indigo hurts herself. There's a Coco Melon song oh. about having. So if she comes to tell me, she's like, mommy, mommy. Yes, Indigo. I heard my elbow. How Indigo? Like now I have to go through this whole script. With you of this song because that's how you learn to tell somebody you got to do. Ain't nobody about to do all that all the time. But I, but hey, at least it like. But if that wasn't there, how would you <laughs> communicate with her? Right. Ouch, mom! I hurt my arm. Oh, word! Like, why well, we can't? <laughs> now, do so I sing along? Song? Yes, I do. Full transparency. I know the whole song. I got the whole. I do it. Cause I get, she's a kid. That's me, you know, meeting her where she's at. But mm -hmm. that's the thing about meeting people where they are. I don't want to go there all the time. I don't want to well, go where you are. So what do you do for work? When, 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 at my for, job? Yeah. What do you do for work? Oh my God. Um, my name is Whitney Mittens. I am the assistant director of student engagement at KKP Oh, edit that out. So I work um, at a community college and I, 90% of my job is doing equity, diversity, and inclusion work. Okay. So, um, and then I oversee our student activities, but I spend a lot of time professionally trying to get white people to be decent. And that is, that is draining. <laughs> you laughing. And it's a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> so imagine, and I work with students, right? And then they be sending me down my rabbit hole. Somebody came in, they was talking about swimming. I said, I ain't know how to swim. I was like, but I got to learn because I can't let my daughter get in the pool if I can't swim. And it was like, all these black people don't know how to swim. I'm like, you know why, right? Because of racism. So then next thing, so I pull out the book. I'm telling about them draining the pools and everything else. That's all day. That's that's what it is. Me pointing out the <laughs> how whiteness <laughs> is ruining the world. And it happened well, has ruined the world. Has ruined and it's continuing to ruin the world. And then I have to try to say that in very nice terms that are digestible for white people. And I'm good at it. I will say, if anyone's listening, you need an EDI trainer. Call your girl. I yeah, but make sure she uses her LLC to do it. Ooh, <laughs> he firing all kind of shots. Y'all come to the coordinated moms. I'm about to start selling Jesus and Jim Choo's merch. I got. It. <laughs> if you like the hoodie, you see right there. Trust. I got a cricket. I could get I could get you what you need. Oh, I hate you. Long so socks for the holidays. And you need an EI trainer who's actually gonna um, you know go get you who go actually get you work. I know how to sell contract out and get it to you ASAP. I can just pay Whitney pennies. <laughs> <laughs> work. 
Higher ed does not pay well for everybody listening. And this young man here be dragging Neither me. Neither does our contracts, clearly. He be, he be dragging me because people don't want to pay me my worth. I know no, my worth. They no, just, no, it's not that people, no, you don't be accepting your worth. You don't be accepting your worth. That's what it is. People, you know what? people will pay. People will pay. I'm going to go this back around pay. to my mama. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And this is another parenting thing. This is something I struggle with. And, I, and it's so crazy. It came from growing up in the church. I struggle with charging people from things. I, we were big on volunteering and doing oh, yeah. things and whatever for family. Like my mom always had us like volunteering for something. If somebody asked me to do something, she's like, oh, you don't charge family. You don't. And it has gotten to a point where literally in my adult life, I struggle. Like somebody will ask me to do something. They're like, how much? And I'd be like, oh, just give me a love offering or whatever is on your heart. And I literally have a tough relationship with with money in that way like i get very uncomfortable when it comes to setting a price for things but it's literally because i was raised very much in service Mm -hmm. and in community like it's super ingrained so like the people around me like the people who super love me they're like my best friend i can't move i can't move business-wise much without her being like let me let me see that how much you tell them it was gonna be don't call them back call me first because she was like i get it that's who you are so she's almost like a pit bull when it comes to me. She's like, no, nah, who who is this again? They want you to do what? Let me go look up. Let me go look up and see how much market value. And I appreciate that. So I got people coaching me trying to get me there. But that's like a legit thing. Like, I don't think people realize some of those things that are ingrained in them from the way they were raised. Yeah. That you get good and grown and can't shake. And it's something you look at as honorable for a long time. Like, yeah. A lot like, of pastors now kind of talk. Um, and that's one of the things that I that I have a problem with a lot of pastors don't, they don't understand that they, that what they did for free mm-hmm. should have been done for free. The church musicians, they eat this up, boy. <laughs> they be hot. Oh, I think that like church musicians should be paid more. Like a lot of people come to church because of the musicians more than they do for the actual pastors. The musicians be hot because they was like, what What makes y'all think I'm outside the will of God because I want to be paid to sit at this drum set? It'd be, it be a thing. Yeah, but I've heard it myself growing up. If that's the gift God gave you, you should be using it for his glory. Why we got to... I think that there's... A, I, think that, I think that you can use it for his glory, but I think that like... Uh, I think that gifts are cultivated at church, Right? Mm-hmm. But I also think that you have to respect people's gift, meaning that um, and respect how people care for themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you know that someone is good at this, don't put them in a spot to resent you later. Don't take advantage of it. Now, you, there's, a, there's an adult conversation that you can go to. And that you that you can have and you can be very, very honest. Uh, my dad is really good at this because my brothers are musicians and my, mm-hmm. my dad is a pastor. My dad will say, yo, I don't have no money for this service. Like, I understand that you get paid for and you may have services that you um, you may have another service that you're getting paid for. Um, and if that's the case, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do that. Right. Um, but if you're free. And if I get so, you know, if I'm, I'm preaching at such and such place, and if they give me some money, I got you. And mm-hmm. my brothers know that, like, they did, he got them, right? But there are other times where it's like, yo, I'm not getting nothing for this. I'm just like going um, just off the strength. Like, can you ride with me? And I buy you something to eat. And my brothers be like, yeah, whatever. If they if they're available, right? If they're like, available. If they're available, so like you. But I think a lot of people pigeonhole musicians or. Not just musicians, but people who do things at church, they pigeonhole them into this. Uh, you supposed to be doing this unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord took care of uh, Cain and Abel. Like when they, you know, the, the Lord like provides things for you to be able to do. Like, yes, your name may be brought up, but like if you see somebody struggling and they hear all the time serving and doing all the stuff, like, Throw them something. Like, take care of them. Like, take care of your people. Um, Fat Joe said this. and You know, Pastor Fat Joe. He, uh... Oh, dear. Yeah, Pastor Fat Joe. Okay. He was like, he he was like, you know, you take care of your people so that way they're not stealing from you because he got them shoe stores. That's the word. 
that that handle all them high end shoes. And he was like, yeah, I bought everybody Rolexes. And he was like, I make sure folks is eating. So that way they don't want to leave. And then also they don't want to steal from you either. So you take care of your people. And if you take care of your people, whatever way it is they want to be taken care of now, Rolex. I mean, I, I like, I, I want a Rolex. But um, that ain't going to necessarily, that, 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 that's not like my end all be all right now. I'll buy myself a Rolex at some point. But like, you know, whatever it is, like people want to be compensated however they need to be compensated. Like some people just want to like be acknowledged that, yeah. hey, I see you. I see the, like really acknowledged, not like just, some fake blurb about it, but it's like, hey, I see that you're doing X, Y, and Z for the betterment of what it is that I asked you to do, right? Or you have, um, I think the churches need to adopt more data, but like what you're doing yeah. has like gotten our data points up to X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, so I think that people need acknowledgement, but they do need, but they also need money too. You can't a, like blame it on Jesus. I try to be a really community-minded person, and so that trips me up sometimes. But what I realize is, when you're community-minded and you're not working in community, then you then you have to start putting a price on things because there's some situations where I'm dealing with people where. You good, you know what I'm saying? But I know that they have something all like the barter system. Like I know when come time, if you need me to come over here to your whatever and do whatever, and you make balloons, when my birth baby birthday come up, I'm not gonna be asking for balloons like you got me. But we don't not everybody operates, you know what I'm saying, in that. And so in doing EDI work, what I've learned is at a community college at this level the community will tap on you. Like I've been reached out to by like the theater association in my community, the realtors mm -hmm. association, like yeah. all these people want trainings and they feel like, Oh, you are a community resource. No, sweetheart. I'm an independent contractor. And here yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> and here is my fee. And, but I had to go, I had to bump my head a couple of times, you know what I'm saying? We're being pimped out a little bit before I was like, and what got me was when I realized these people were charging people to come to my training and I was walking away empty handed. And I'm like, now what part of the game is that? <laughs> so, but when you slap community or or church on things, people start feeling like this person's just here, you know what I'm saying, for, for me to use. And I'm in resource in a certain way. But my sister always says this. She was like, I'm either working or I'm volunteering. And when I'm volunteering, I'm not working. And when I'm working, I'm not volunteering. Like they mm -hmm. don't cross over. Nope. So when you ask me to do something, I'm gonna let you know whether I'm gonna need to be paid or whether I'm donating my time. And so that's really how I've been going into things since then, especially with outside of my job with like, if people approach me, I ask, do you have a budget? I start right there. Yeah. Now I remember one time I had told you, you know, to use the line, do you have a budget? And you use it all out of context for, for something completely different. But I don't remember, but friends and fans, you know, <laughs> that, that is, that is, you know, I just ask people, do you have a budget? And if they don't, I decide whether or not I'm willing to steal. It might be a worthy cause. Like, the theater association, I got a couple of students that are theater kids. They have come to me and been like, Whitney is real white. Every production is white. Every whatever is white. They don't have a big budget to pay me to do some training, but it's because of the pandemic. All their shows got shut down. So I'm willing to work with you and work something out. This is going to impact kids I know. right? I want to do this. Yeah. I was a theater kid at a point. I get it. I grew up in this very much black town with some very white institutions. So I want to do this over here, but also I'm not about to be spending, you know what I'm saying, all kinds of seminars and hours and hours of time with you either because my work is worth something. So I'm definitely willing to donate my time and my, you know what I'm saying? My knowledge in that way. But yeah, I had to, I had to learn that some of that stuff that I got growing up about, you know, <laughs> giving up your time and, and it's, it's, it's unto the Lord. Yes, it is. But he don't want me to be broke out here. He don't. He, he don't done gave me this whole little uh, child he entrusted me with. And the daycare price. Yep. I mean, and then prosperity pastors be saying <laughs> that God don't want you to, you know, he don't want you to be broke. He mm -hmm. didn't make you to be broke. He did not. He did not make you to be broke. That's what they be I saying. was fearfully and wonderfully made. He was fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And in God, his image. God's image ain't broken. So you ain't no broken vessel. <laughs> broken. Like you aren't, like his image isn't tattered. So your image can't be tattered. 
If you I know. was tried in the fire and came out gold, gold, gold and broke. Exactly. You can't, you can't have an empty Dior. You got to have something inside of your, your Louis Vuitton bag. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> That's how the pastors was during the pandemic when they was preaching from their table. When I get to heaven and I get questioned about this, <laughs> this theology, I was on this podcast. God knows I'm playing. <laughs> he knows I'm playing. He you know, know I'm why was he sitting up there playing with that man? Oh my God! It was this one pastor that I saw. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I just so you you what? I despise doing <laughs> a multitude of reasons, but it is what it is. He was at his he was at his counter. He he was at like his kitchen counter. I promise he it looked like he was like oh, flipping man. eggs behind him or something. But oh, he was man. like doing Sunday service from like his house. And um, he was just like every like he was preaching and he was trying to like, I think his shoulders was his amen corner <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of his people. It was it was awful. It was awful to watch. Now the Negro can preach. The Negro can preach yeah. like any, under any other circumstances. Um, yeah, I mean, like he, when I say preach, I mean he can like he sounds good. Okay, he sounds good. Um, his theology, you know, I don't agree. I don't agree with everybody's everything, right? That's why you research it. But like the nigga can preach. Um, <laughs> he gonna give you, you, know, you can preach. He gonna give you a good hoo, good holla. He can sing all that stuff. But um, but yeah, when he was doing it though, his shoulders was just like this, and he was just in there. <laughs> I can't take stuff like that seriously. I couldn't. I could. I had to turn it off instantly. I had to turn. And it off I instantly. have a walkout spirit. Like when I come to church, I sit in the back because I will leave anything, wedding, funeral. I will walk out. I can. I cannot do it. I was at a church one time. Father God, I was at a church with 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 the musician. I came with the musician, and I was there. It was my first time going to this church, and I was like, "Oh no, all of this is bad." And wrong. And I had on a jacket and I saw, you know how you close your jacket up? I was like, I don't know what spirits is in here. I don't know if they can get through my jacket. Like, let me close this up. I walked smooth up to, to that organ. I was like, can I, can I, can I get your keys? And I sat in the car because I'm not going to do that. And I, I don't have it in me to sit through foolishness. I, I just cannot. I done logged off of, during the panoramic. <laughs> I said, I'm about to mess around and lose my religion because I done just closed my laptop so many times. Like, I'm not able. Yeah. yeah. I'm not able to do this and yeah, especially, there were so many people and this is the thing everyone knows what they know you don't know what you don't know you know study to show thyself approved all that good stuff when all the social unrest was going on that blew me because there were a lot of pastors getting out of their lane trying to preach to that and we're giving a lot of misinformation and just saying things that were really off the wall so with some person who does this work i was really blue yeah so i think that there's a good book um Oh, I thought she was looking over there because you heard your your dog wake up. Oh, you <laughs> so that's, that's the, I heard a kid look. <laughs> oh God! So Doctor uh, Doctor Eric Mason did an anthology, um, Urban Apologetics. Um, it's a really good book. Shout out to Doctor Mason, um, who's a dope cat. He has a. I really can't wait till he's on Jesus and Jim's shoes um, so we can talk through this. Um, yeah, but this is a book that I, I, I'm i grateful that he put out after like everything was happening. And I think that a lot of black pastors um, should read it. Um, I think that a lot of pastors should read it, but I think a lot of black people should read it also. Mm -hmm. So that way they can talk to just everything that's going on and the dichotomy between like BLM uh, or the, the the way people talk to the way they try to like put a dichotomy between like yeah. black people, black lives matter, Christianity and all of the other stuff. So I think, um, yeah, I think that it's a really good book. So yeah, shout out to urban apologetics. I had to read it. Yeah. But uh, especially last year, I think that was what was missing in that time because a lot of people they yeah they do get out of their depth they get out of their depth regularly do not have the right like <laughs> theological stuff but just like everyday theological stuff but yeah that most definitely sent some people down a hole that they were not ready for i was just closing my laptop like well that's enough um 
for the day. Let me get on this little Giveify app and send somebody some ties and go and go, on, <laughs> and go on get my chicken at the roaster because what I'm not gonna do. But it was it was a really difficult time in general. And I let listen. Any parents listen to this, you should um add immediately to your resume if it's not on there. Parenting during the pandemic, put that on there because that was a feat. That that is a very special skill set. Especially if you was working from home and them kids was at home with you, everybody yeah. can't do that. Everybody can't do that. I, I, my job, when I say the inclusion was real, like I literally had people coming up to me. I think there were two women specifically. One sent me an email and one came to me when we finally got back on campus and was like, thank you as a working mom for some of the things that you did. She was like, I remember being in a meeting and I was so stressed out and I got my kids in this room and I had closed the door and I'm trying to give them snacks and I don't want them to come out. That I, she was like, and then I log on and you right here with your daughter next to you in a high chair feeding her oatmeal in this meeting. And I was like, cause I'm not working from home. Y'all didn't ask me to bring work into my home and she has to eat and it's 10 o'clock. If you gonna have a 10 o'clock meeting, you have to understand it's breakfast time and you knew that. Yeah. And so they were saying that, like, you setting that example really turned the tide, you know what I'm saying, for a lot of things. And a lot of us felt more comfortable. So, and I'm like, yeah, of course, the, let the black woman be the sacrificial lamb. It's like, if they Absolutely. don't I was it, just thinking that. I was just thinking that, bro. You know, if I have black behind, I could probably do it. <laughs> bro, they'll throw me out to the wolves. Not not just, like, black woman, but black man. They'll throw me out to the wolves. Like, just for simple stuff. So just, like, ask the question, like... You were supposed to get a bonus. You didn't get it. <laughs> ask where it went. Like, ask what happened. I need like, Why am I asking it? Like, oh, Donald, thank you for asking. Like, that's your money. I'm not asking about yours. I'm asking about mine. Like, I don't you care ask, about yours. You ask somebody about my money when we get off of here. Because I, 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 I call you. Yeah. I Girl, I, I was telling I was like, oh, ma'am. I'm be my not, lawyer. <laughs> This ain't this this ain't about you. This is about me. But yeah, I was, and I had to tell her that I was like, I'm glad that you benefited from that. I was like, but I hope you feel empowered. You know what I'm saying? Moving forward to do that for yourself. Like, y'all not about to have me trying to put. Uh, what was she? She had just turned one when we started working from home. You're not about to ask me to work from home with a one year old. And I will tell you how crazy my job was at one point in time. They said they were, I found out this later, they were in talks at the executive level of making parents prove that they had childcare in order to work from home. And then someone was like, yeah, no, we can't do that. And they were mentioning like, well, the daycares are actually closed. Like the kids can't even go to school. Like, I don't understand why you thought that would make sense. But the fact that someone brought that to the table shows just how to out of touch. You know what I mean? People are, and they did have these people spooked trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, keep their kids, like we're in a shared space. This is our home. This is a toddler. She gonna walk in here. She she gonna walk in here and y'all y'all better wave. <laughs> y'all better speak to so I didn't have to deal with that. I just had to deal with this dog, at, you know, when I got him for Christmas last year. Oh, we I've been a parent for a year, Lord Jesus. They used to be a puppy, and now that is a full grown man. Okay. He's a grown Harlem is a Harlem Maxwell Grayson is a grown man. You hear me? HMG is I'm like my I'm about to get him his own Montclair jacket. Oh yes. For the winter. Is he it gonna match yours? I it might. It oh, might be, I might be a coordinated oh, dog there. You, you listen, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. They come. I don't think they. I think they come in his size, but I'm not too sure. They do but, have him at Target. I'm gonna just throw that out there. I'm gonna see if they got. They got they parents, parents. Well, they did last Christmas. They had grown up and doggy jackets. So I am in the, that. I'll tell you about that offline. Oh, in the Target. Yeah, I'll tell you about that offline. Um. <laughs> I yeah. like anything about Target. Yeah, I like everything about Target. You hear me? I stay everything in there. I'm going today after work. I don't even need nothing. Just a peruse. I'm going at it. I'm going at it soon. See soon. what they got. Up a candle, a bottle of wine. Oh God, here you go. Well, that's been another episode of Jesus in Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. In Jesus' um, name. How can people follow you on Instagram? Do you want them to follow you on Instagram? You may follow me if you like on Instagram. I'm going to tell you what you're going to find on there. Every now and again, I'm going to post a picture. It's going to be me and my daughter in matching outfits. If you don't like seeing people and their kids, don't come over there. 
Um, I'll be in my stories verbally processing, talking about whatever the hell going on in my day. If you're not interested, you don't want to come over there. But yeah, at the coordinated mom, the with two E's, like like right here, coordinated mom, just just how it's spelled. I love to have you. And yeah. again, I wear um, a smaller and extra small. My daughter wears a two T. I'm a seven and a half in gym shoes uh, and women, whatever that translates to in the little boys. She's like a toddler's eight. If y'all want to give us some matching things um, to be featured on our, <laughs> on our Instagram. Do you have Do you have a website, The Coordinated Mom? Is that a website? I own the domain name. It's being built right now. I was trying to do it myself, and I realized I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So somebody get me together over there. Okay, yeah. So I think that'll be a way. It's going to launch. Like, yeah, for people to, like, donate stuff to y'all. Or be like, well, yeah, I, I bought you this. Me. I bought you this. And we I would love it. Food. Yeah, that would be dope. I'm a Leo. I love a gift. <laughs> Thank you for I listening. celebrate Christmas and Kwanzaa because why stop giving me things? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Jesus and Gym Shoes. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at uh, Jesus and Gym Shoes. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at this is underscore Jesus and Gym Shoes. Um, on all of your streaming platforms. And remember, boy, this is Jesus and Jim Shoes. And come to the coordinatedmom.com soon for <laughs> Jesus and Jim Shoes merch. <laughs>